Breakups are often the symptom of problems in a relationship. My workbook series, The Knowledge, is focused on helping you change your life in four key areas. Retaining the information that I teach, personal growth, improving your relationships, and of course, reattracting your ex. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. Hi there, I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about I discovered I'm anxious. Oh my God. That's, that's, am I really anxious? Yeah, what that's am I scary. Do? What am I yeah. going to do? I don't know, I'm getting anxious just okay, thinking about me it. me too. So, one of the things that you guys have probably seen on my channel is when we talk about attachment and attachment styles and the different types of attachment styles. And one of the ones that comes up probably more so than anything, yes. is the anxious attachment style. Right. And so, what we are trying to do is educate you guys on attachment because really it's the basis of love. I mean, I don't know if right. there's any difference there. I don't think so. I think the origin of love is attaching to your early caretaker. That's it. Yeah. And, and then after that, all other love is a reflection of taking care of each other. Yeah. yeah. And so, the, the healthier that you're attached to your caregivers will directly correlate to the healthy attachment that you have with your romantic partners. So if you're insecurely attached to your caregivers, usually you form an anxious or an avoidant attachment style. There's also a disorganized attachment style. That's more extreme, but and that is more rare for yes. sure. Yeah. But most people, I think, tend to become anxiously attached. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay? So, when you learn this and you're like, what the heck, I've been doing this my whole life, I had no idea. I know I kind of felt like that. No, you and didn't. you were there when I said yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the light began to dawn and he got excited. Yeah. Wow. It really hits you on a level like you just, oh my god. Oh my gosh. god. Yeah. My whole life I've done this, I had no idea. You just have been doing it day in and day out in your relationships. So, when you discover you have an anxious attachment style, and we'll do avoidant in another video, when you discover you have an anxious attachment style in your relationships, it really makes you look at yourself and say, this is unbelievable. This describes me to a T. Yeah, and how many people immediately want to say, how can it go back that far? How can it be that early? And the only thing we can say is we know from research and experience that it does go back that far. And if you think about it, it's our first introduction to the world. And it's bound to have a huge impact on us. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I used to argue with Margaret, how could those first two years be so critical? All the time I would say, I just don't, I don't get it, I don't see it. And now, it's, it really blows me away because you're going to see that how somebody's first two years were will show you so much about their behaviors, their ability to regulate their emotions, their ability to, to sit with feelings, anxiety, their mental health, their ability to attach. Because if, if they don't get that, they become, you know, narcissistic. Yeah. They, they, all sorts of bad things can happen. Borderline personality yes, disorder. And then you have to go about finding resources to try and recover from all that. And it isn't easy, but it can be done. Yeah. And I want that to be the message. It isn't easy, but it can be done. It does take a lot of work. Yes, it does. Because um, 
when you were an infant, if you never fell in love with your mother, which would be somebody that's narcissistic, it's going to be really difficult for you to start falling in love with someone. With anybody. Yeah. Sure. With because that was your, you know, primary bond. With and what they say, kind of reduced to its lowest terms, is that anxious attachment style goes back to inconsistent avail availability of your caretaker. In other words, if your mom was present for you some days and picked you up and talked to you and did all of those wonderful things that mothers do, that's great. Yeah. But if you didn't see her again for three days, that's not consistent. It would be better off if she came for a shorter time, but came at the same time every day. That would be consistency. But if circumstances or her moods or whatever make it inconsistent, that also makes the baby anxious. Yes. Where and, is mom? Where is mom? And I think one of the things that you touched upon, I think we should really expand on, is that if your mom was anxious, it would mean that she would be in her own anxiety-ridden world, emotionally. Yeah. And so how can she be present with you if she's in her own... If she's trying to deal with yeah. her own problems. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. And then she would probably do the best she can, as most parents do, and be as available as she can, but it may not be available enough or consistent enough for the baby to trust that every time she leaves, she's coming back. Yeah. And that's the origin of abandonment fears yes. and fears of being you know, left alone and, and being rejected. And sometimes your parents just thought it was the right thing to do to let you cry it out. Well, I remember when I was a child, I hear that. How do you remember that? It's very difficult. It's such a long Did time. Did you have thank, it on a thank stone heaven, wall? Thank heaven I took <laughs> you notes. You wrote it on a stone wall? <laughs> I did, with my, chisel, with my chisel and my little hammer. But when I was a kid, the, the prevailing guy, the, the book that everybody had was Dr. Spock. And, of course, he's been called Dr. Spook by those of us who put up with that. And parents were told that you can spoil an infant. We have learned since our friend Dr. Bowlby that that is as far off the mark as you can get. It's so ridiculous. If you have a child in distress, you pick them up, you hold them, you comfort them. Mm -hmm. You don't know if they have gas or what it is. You just know that they hurt. And that's it's, all you, they know. And it's usually one of a few things. They're hungry, they're sure. gassy, yeah. they're tired, and they need you to put them to right. sleep, or they want attention. Or they want some attention, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. But you would have thought from Dr. Spock that infants plotted manipulating their parents. <laughs> you, think, right? you know, right? Can you see the, the poor little thing in the crib going, hmm, and now I'll do this, and then she'll have to come in and get me. You know? So you may have just been in a situation where your mom and dad gave you a lot of love, but they thought, well, the right thing to do is let them cry. Let them cry. Let them cry it out. And that would be enough to make you feel like you're dying inside. Absolutely. Because that's what it feels like. Absolutely. And apropos of not much, if you ever watch the Rugrats, and I found the Rugrats quite amusing, you may recall that they all had a book by Dr. Lipschitz. And of course they loved to say Dr. Lipschitz <laughs> over and over again. And they would consult what Dr. Lipschitz had to say and I always thought it was a takeoff on Dr. Spock. Um, and Dr. Lipschitz didn't have much more sense than yeah. Dr. Spock did. Um, but so, anyway. Yeah, so when you figure out and you start to see, oh my gosh, this is me, it's really overwhelming. It's probably scary for a lot of people. Oh God, yes. But it's also exciting. Because, because you're, you're like, know. wow, so this, makes is sense. this is I, I yes. get I get myself for the first time. Yeah, I understand what happened for the first time. Mm -hmm. And many, many people in this world 
um, have anxiety, they have no idea what its origin is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and can spend years trying to find out. But this can be one of those, one of those origins. So what are you going to do what if are you, you find do? out you have inconsistent availability of your caretaker in your background and you're anxious about relationships especially? And if you think for a moment about your own self in your relationships, you have probably been inconsistent with staying present with your partner yes. because you were so focused on what you were fearful of happening that you were trying to control them yes. instead of being present with them. Yes, and that's what happens. So, the next thing that happens when we're in a relationship of any kind is that self-talk gets into the act. Mm -hmm. And if you're anxious, some self-talk, I'm going to give you some examples of the self-talk that uh, anxious people have. It can go something like, it's obvious that he's losing interest in me, or she's using, losing interest in me. Mm -hmm. um, why isn't he or she more affectionate? Mm -hmm. Okay, why, why does he always have an excuse for not wanting to make love? Mm -hmm. um, you're so needy and dependent, no wonder he doesn't want to be with you. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't love you as much as you love him. Now, those are some of the ugly thoughts that anxious people are going to have. Mm -hmm. And what are they going to do? They're probably They're going to go leave to me. Partner. Yeah. They're going to leave yeah. me. So, you have to fight first. The first step of what do you do about it is you have to fight the negative self-talk that tells you these things, okay? How do you fight it if you don't know what it is? Right. Um, the first thing you're going to say to yourself is, I am lovable and worthy of connection, worthy mm. of being loved, okay? I will not drive my partner nuts by demanding to know his whereabouts every second and wanting to look at his cell phone 24-7, mm -hmm. okay? So you're going to talk to yourself differently from all those doubts that have been put in your head from time immemorial, mm -hmm. okay? You're going to say, um, you know, he may be pulling away, but the fact that I, I'm saying it to myself doesn't make it true. Mm -hmm. okay? Yes, because the thing that you have to also consider or keep in mind is that even if the, if the behavior is real or if it's imagined, it feels the same feels for you. Real. Yes, it feels real. Okay, so even if you're imagining it, it still feels as powerful right. as if it, it was actually happening. And if you have an anxious personality, then you have to think of those things, that what I feel may not necessarily be true, mm -hmm. okay? I lived in an anxious environment and I learned um, these things, but this could be different. Mm -hmm. um, is there any evidence that he or she is pulling away? No? Then you're going to drop that idea. Mm -hmm. Okay? And, you know, just because somebody pulls away temporarily doesn't mean it's forever. No, it doesn't. But if you're anxious, you're, you're all, your fear is that... Sure, it's, it's forever. For, forever, that's okay. it. Forever and ever. Mm -hmm. They'll never come back because I'm such a terrible person. Mm -hmm. And it's probably all my fault that they left in the first place. Yeah. You know, so out comes the list of how it's your fault. One other thing I would say about that, be clear in your mind what behavior you will tolerate from a partner to avoid a breakup. In other words, if somebody's abusive or addicted to something um, or overall doesn't treat you well, um, you can't hold on to them because of the fear of abandonment, because of the anxiety. Mm -hmm. You have to take care of yourself and keep yourself safe 
first. Absolutely. But is it your fault that you have an anxious attachment style? What do you think? No. Is it your fault? Of course no, not. of course not. Of course not. No. If you've ever spent any time with an infant, it's, how could you blame an infant for forming an anxious attachment style when they're helpless and there's nothing they could do but depend upon right. their caregivers? Right. And if their caregivers aren't there, they're going to scream, they're going to cry, they're going to feel like they're dying inside, and they're going to act like they're dying inside. Absolutely. And so you take care of them. Yeah. But if they get ignored, how is it their fault? It's it not their, their fault. fault. It isn't their fault. And perpetually wondering why, you're, why they're wet, why they're hungry, and why you haven't showed up again. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's good to start to explore where your anxiety came from and what happened in your early childhood. Maybe there was a divorce. Maybe your parents worked all the time. Um, maybe right. your grandparents helped take care of you when they were half blind and you know, you know falling asleep all the time and, while and you're it, screaming like, for hours. Like the guy in um, Rugrats, the grandfather fell asleep at two-minute intervals. Yes, <laughs> while they did things like you know climb on trucks that were going to some other city. Mm -hmm. um, yes, all those things can have happened. And so, if it's possible, it might be helpful to you to go back and ask your parents if you can what it was like in those first couple of years of life. Where did I go? Who took care of me? What yeah. did I do? What did now, you what do? happened during that? How, yeah. How did you take care of me with when we had four siblings? It must have been exhausting, Mom. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Or did Mom have a, a postpartum depression? Yes, all those things. But you have to be careful how you ask because parents can get defensive very quickly. I'm just curious, you know, mm -hmm. um, what that must have been like for you. Now that I have some kids of my own, I can only imagine you had four kids. Yeah. That was on the road with this truck. How did you ever deal with all of us at the same time? And You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all well, those ways to ask. So once you start to learn that you have an anxious attachment style, you can start to make changes based on, you know, learning, educating yourself, talking about it is yes. really important. Really important, yeah. Um, you could always get yourself a local therapist or, of course, do uh, coaching with Margaret and I to talk about these yes. things because, you know, sometimes you have these aha moments when you right. talk about it and you say things out loud to one of us or a clinician. But, you right? know, every time I get in a relationship, I get really anxious about where the other person is. I don't see other people always getting this anxious. What's going on with me? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Some people look quite nonchalant. How do they do that? Yeah. So hopefully you found this video helpful, right? I hope so. And remember, it's okay to challenge those negative thoughts. Your parents can't get mad at you now. Well, they can, but they can't do anything about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you're an adult. Uh, yeah, you're a grown-up and you have a right to have those thoughts. So you can challenge those, those things, that you're not lovable, that nobody's going to want you. No, that's not true. So, when you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching, I do Skype coaching. If you got to get with me right away, I do offer emergency Skype coaching. Margaret is also available for Skype coaching. Absolutely. Many of you have signed up and I'm delighted to talk with you. Click on Margaret on the top of the website to sign up with her. Put a like on the video for Margaret doing the research on this one. Okay. Add me on Instagram. I post a lot of funny memes on there and things like that. And we love hearing from you overall. Absolutely. All right. And that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon. 
I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net.